Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. I'm going to take our text tonight from the book of Luke once again. And if you would find verse 35, we'll read the word here in just a moment. We had Karen Wheaton here just last weekend, and um, we've known her for years, and uh, she's traveled and been in ministry for 45 years. She's produced and written 18 different albums. She was known um, years ago for traveling around, just being, how many of you have heard of Karen Wheaton before? Uh, traveling around, just an amazing voice and an amazing woman of God. And in these recent years, she went through a great difficulty in that her, her daughter uh, turned from the Lord. And she shared about how, I think it was a two-year period of time, and she shared about how she got her daughter back. And she gave principles to the women at our women's conference that was so profound. And like I said before, it was the second women's conference and I wasn't identifying, I was serving as a man. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to say that these days. <laughs> was so impacted by the word of faith. You see, it's one thing to receive instruction and training and uh, preaching and teaching from God's word that's, that's filled with revelation. And I, I, I endeavor to do that. It's quite another thing when you're instructing and you're preaching and you're teaching, not just revelation, but revelation that's been released into your life and then you've seen the fruit of it. So as she taught and as she preached on the spirit of faith and about how to walk in miracles, her daughter who had turned from the Lord and was gone for two years is on the front row to testify about how the prayers and the fasting and everything. I'm gonna tell you that God can do everything that he said to you. Every promise of God is yes and amen. Every mantle, every anointing, every enablement you see in the, the Bible on men and women is available for you if you do what they did to get it. And there's a lazy Christianity that thinks you can just whistle Dixie and walk on into a, a breaker anointing, a breaker enablement, walk right into a place where people just get set free because you showed up. She said something during her preaching, and I called it the new normal. She talked about how it's normal to cry out to God. It's normal to cry out until he shows up. And she used some other powerful illustrations that are really kind of mocked in some circles. Maybe it's your first time here, and we're so glad you're here. And if you don't have a home church, we'd love to be that for you. If you're offended, give us two or three more times just to make sure. Are you all in the book of Luke? So I'm taking this text inspired by her message and I'm going to take it. Luke 18, let's all stand up on our feet as we do for the reading of God's word in honor of the word. If you're not able to stand up, we understand that you can't stand. So stand up on the inside. New International Version tonight. 
Luke 18, verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. I just love that. He shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Would you say that? Son of David, have, that's pretty good. Try it again with a little bit more heart, a little bit louder, a little bit stronger. Ready? Son of David, have mercy on me. Woo, man. Y'all are in the, in the game tonight. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want? That's so funny. What do you want me to do for you? Everybody say that. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. It's interesting because you would think that Jesus wouldn't ask him that because he's blind. Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they praised God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. What would you do if Jesus was passing by here tonight? And don't, don't just go get all theological on me and say, well, he's omnipresent, so he's here. He's here. He's here. Yeah, I, I know, but what would you do to receive your miracle, your breakthrough, if something was dependent upon you? You see, because this blind man here, he could have just sat there and watched Jesus. What's going on? Oh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Oh. I've done some public preaching inspired by the fear of the Lord. <laughs> what I mean by that is I'm not into like public preaching, you know, you know, step up on top of a, uh, you know, a table in the middle of a restaurant and preach to the restaurant. I've done some crazy things, but not nearly as crazy as some of you. <laughs> I remember being in a, an airport, and I've told the story numerous times, waiting for a preacher to come in. He's a fiery revivalist. And so I was sent by Dr. Morocco to go preach, prick up the young adult preacher. So I went with a couple of rough cats, a couple of other young adults, and we rolled over to the airport pre-TSA so you could wait for at the gate where the plane exited all the people and you could greet people coming. You remember those days? Pre-COVID, you remember? Pre anyway, pre-9-11. And so we're waiting and the plane's delayed. So while the plane's delayed, there's a whole bunch of people that are going to get on that plane and fly to their next destination. Hundreds of people. And as I'm sitting there, I'm looking and I see that there's this marriage. I see a married couple and they obviously don't like each other or they're having a fight or something. And I look and I see a homosexual couple. 
And I'm like, oh, God, help them. And I, I look, and I'm like, oh, help the married people too, Lord. And I, my eyes start to be opened to what's taking place at the crowd of people. And I, I start seeing things in the spirit. I start seeing bondage. I see people that are addicted. I start seeing people with rage and anger and violence. And I start seeing just all kinds of things. And it's disturbing. It's bothering me. I'm like, Lord, these people are so broken. Help them. I'm like, he's like, yes, help them. I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And I got that scripture out of Ezekiel. He says to me very plainly, when the watchman is on the wall and he sees an army coming, if he doesn't blow the trumpet, the blood of those people are on his hands. In fact, the apostle Paul talked about that text when he said, I'm innocent of the blood of all men. That's what he's referring to. He's referring to Ezekiel. He preached the gospel so strong, so real with signs, wonders, and miracles. Not the eloquence, not the wisdom of man, but the demon, the demon, the demonstration the demonstration oh my back demonstration the demon everybody said he demonstration and he so he so preached the gospel in fact he said there's nowhere nowhere else for us to preach he said i'm the innocent of the blood of all men so when i heard that scripture all those years ago I realized, Lord, what? And he said, yeah, the watchman, blood on your hands. I'm thinking, no, God, I knew what he was telling me to do. He's like, you need to do something about that. So I'm, I'm just like, man, maybe I'll pray and it'll go away. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, maybe you're into being an exhibitionist. I'm not. I'm bold, but I'm not going to like run out and just try to do something so somebody can see me. I'm not into that. I was into that earlier before I got saved. <laughs> So I pray, and I remember telling the, those that were there, and this would just happen to me. I was praying. I saw those people. Look, in fact, you see that couple right there? They're like, yeah, oh, they're hurting, yeah. And I gave them the, the scripture they gave me. And the one guy says to me, oh, that's the Lord. And he just gets up, walks out of our little young adult circle, and starts praying. He just walks away praying. Oh, God. Oh, bah, 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 bah. I'm like, oh, man, the Spirit of God starts coming on me, and the Lord's like, you need to preach like, no, God. But then I have the thought that maybe the plane's going to crash. Then I have the thought that then I'm going to be, if all these people go to hell and die, okay, some of them are saved, right? You figure some. A portion, a percentage. But most of them probably don't know the Lord. And so I, I just don't have the guts to do it. And I just start praying. So I'm praying. And so I say to the Lord, we kind of, it becomes a prayer meeting, different. One of these young adult, rough, spirit filled, crazy friends of mine walk off praying in the spirit. And I just said, Lord, I just walked away. And I said, Lord, if you could just anoint me right now, I'll do it. Now, I know what that means. You might not know what that means, but what that means to be anointed is you feel God's presence, God's power come on you to do something. And so I feel nothing. Except blood's going to be on your hands, son. So I have a word. I have no unction. I've got no, no fire. So I'm like, okay, I just need to obey. I've learned enough to say, but I need to obey. And I look and I see this, this uh, port of the, um, public telephone. Does anybody remember public telephones? I see this public telephone. And I imagine in my mind, I'm going to go 
stand next to this public telephone. I'm going to preach from there. That's the place. I'm going to do it. I'm like, Lord. And somebody comes and just stands right next to where I wanted to stand. I'm like, no, there it goes. My Lord, he's in my, and the guy just goes and walks off. And so there are my pulpits now clear. I said, God's honest truth. I walk over and I told a joke and I've told this story here dozens of times. I told a joke, which is not biblical, but funny. Would you like to hear it? Okay. A man dies. He goes to heaven and he's there before he is let into the pearly gates. An angel says to him, you can come in if you know God's name. This is not a biblical joke. Okay. So don't freak out right now. If you know God's name, you can come in. He's like, that's it. He's like, that's it. Do you know God's name? He says, yeah, easy. God's name is Howard. The angel's like, what? Howard, Howard, Howard is his name. He's like, ah, that's interesting. How do you figure God's name? The angel says, the angel says, how do you figure his name is Howard? And the guy says, everybody knows that. Our father who art in heaven. Howard be thy name. So they all laughed like you're laughing right now. And then I said, but in all seriousness, ladies and gentlemen, if your plane crashes tonight, oh yeah, I just went right at it. And you die. Where would you go? Well, at that point, everybody's not laughing. And I see my, one of my rough and tough spirit filled buddies on the other side, just he's, he's doing the, the, the Pentecostal chop across the room. He's just chopping wood right across. Rabaka, yeah, yeah, bring it. I preach Jesus Christ crucified, resurrected, repent of your sin, believe on the Lord and you shall be saved. And it gave an opportunity for people to give their lives to Christ. While I was doing that, the same thing you see in the text, here's the tie-in. While I was doing that, the same thing you see in the text was happening in the room. It's the same thing that's happening now. What do you mean? In every service, it's just the same thing that you see with the thieves on the cross with Jesus in the middle. One was like, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He honored him. He knew he was the Messiah. Remember me. He says... Today you'll be with me in paradise. Probably didn't do it just like that, but. And the other guy, the other guy's like, yeah, if you're God, then why don't you just pull yourself off the cross? He went to hell. And I have found in public preaching and in churches, the same thing happens. You can have the power of God being put on display and people like this blind guy, so hungry, so thirsty. You're like, if I had God, you don't do something for me. I don't know. Oh God, they're so desperate. When you're desperate and you're hungry, you don't really give a flip what it looks like in front of anybody else. Listen, if you're, if you get out of order here, I promise you will stop you. So don't worry about that. But many times, hunger when sincere, it doesn't look so cute when your nose is just running lahanabada for all the Hawaiians. If you don't know what that is, it's all right. I got so hit Sunday night, Saturday night with the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Spirit of God, that I could not remain in the service and not make a scene. 
unless I was to straight quench him, fight him, and rebuke him off of me so strong like that. And I don't do that. Oh. <laughs> I'm half nervous right now. <laughs> Lord, the power of God came on me, and I, I made it back somehow to that sound booth. And what many of you don't know is there's a little cubby under the sound booth. I really didn't know there was one there either, but now I know. And I crawled under it. I put my head in the corner of that sound booth and wept and cried. My nose running and I wept. And I interceded and I prayed for miracles that I've been believing for for 30 years. And I applied the faith and I applied the message. And I called forth that which God told me was mine. There are some people that will finish this service with their arms folded and walk out of this place. Well, I heard about that place. Yeah, that's all right. You know, music wasn't all that good. They butchered that one song, that one song. You know, and I don't know why he brought the pulpit down to the floor because, you know, I prefer it be up a little bit higher. He's not wearing a suit, he's wearing a t shirt and a shacket. And it's green, and that's a fall color, so you should never wear that in the spring. I mean, I don't know. People make up all kinds of stuff. But when you're hungry and when you're thirsty, it doesn't matter when people tell you to shut up. It doesn't matter when they tell you to sit down. It doesn't matter as long as you get your eyesight when Jesus touches you in direct proportion to the hunger that you have. He spoke parables to hide truth from casual observers. God is not obligated to touch you. He's not obligated to do anything for you tonight. But your faith, your hunger, when sincere, will push you past the crowd and cause you to cry out to God until he comes and gives you a set of eyeballs. If you need a set of eyeballs tonight, just live. Hey! My God, the Lord is good. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place in Kenya tonight. There's no distance in the spirit. Holy Spirit, come and break off lukewarm, apathetic Christianity and raise up a bunch of militant, hungry world changers. I release you from the opinions of your neighbor tonight in worship and prayer. I pray, Holy Spirit, come upon your people and all those that will listen at a later date that we would become even like this man who cried out even though religion tried to shut him up. In Jesus' name. That's what happened. He cried out. Now, you can read this in, a different, in some different texts in the, in the Gospels. He cried out, Jesus, son of David. That's a fascinating thing that he cried out. He didn't say, hey, dude, dude. That's not what he did. Hey, Jesus. Jesus, son of David. That's a very interesting way to call him. What it is is an acknowledgment that he's the Messiah. The Davidic covenant that God would have someone on the throne of David from 2 Samuel chapter 7, 19, 20, 21, 22, following that Davidic covenant, the prayer of David, amazing. 
that God would always have. That's why when they call him the son of David, it's an acknowledgement of the Messiah. It's an acknowledgement that he's Mashiach. He's the one. He's the one that they waited for. The one who would come and break off sin and the curse. The one, the anointed one, Jesus, the Christ. Christ is the Greek name. You got that right? Thank you. <laughs> My brain's skipping. For anointed one. Thank you, doctor. Anointed one was a name that was given to a ruling king. But all of it types and shadows for the Old Testament. And there would come one, his name was Jesus, also Yeshua. Joshua, who'll save his people from their sins. Fulfilling all of the Old Testament. So when he cries out, son of David, he's calling out, acknowledging that he's the Messiah. You're going to have a breakthrough tonight. You're going to have a breakthrough any, the rest of your life. You have to have an acknowledgement of Jesus being the Messiah. Who can give you a breakthrough? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. And at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Demons flee at the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus. At the what name of, at the name of Jesus. Demons flee. There they go. He cried out for mercy. He really had an understanding of the true nature of God. So many people have a distorted view of who he is. God is a merciful God. He's not waiting to smack you. The smack was released on his son. His name is Jesus. He became a propitiation for your sin. He served in your place. He received death. He had the death sentence that you deserved, the death sentence that I deserved Jesus took. Oh, he desires mercy. God wants to help you to conform into his image. God wants to change you. God wants to give you mercy. Won't you ask God for mercy right now? God, give us mercy now. Give our nation mercy. Give our state mercy. The second thing I see here, not only an acknowledgement as he cries out right from the text, is he didn't stop crying out. What does that mean? He persevered. Perseverance is an aspect of faith. Well, it didn't happen yet, so I'm just going home. Okay. See, let me know how that works. Persevere. Listen, when God tells you to do something, then do it. And if you didn't get the result yet, then you're not done doing what he told you to do. And you keep standing, having done all else to stand, continue to stand, therefore, amen, stand. Everybody say stand. stand. Resist the devil, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. So if he isn't gone yet, guess what you're not done doing yet? Submitting and resisting. You keep submitting and resisting, and then soon he will flee. If he hasn't gone yet, stay on submitting and resisting. Can you say amen? Don't quit. Some of you quit right before the breakthrough. Like I quit. What are you going to quit to, by the way? You're going to go back to your, your green bottles? Oh, did that sting? I just started. You, you're going you're gonna to go back. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna look up your old fling in high school. Find, her on, find him on Facebook. You're going to tap into that. You're going to slide up on that app. You just can't take it. Can't take it. Reactivate your Tinder. Oh. <laughs> Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Amen. 
What did he say? Never mind. Just lift your hands. Amen. He persevered. Someone, come on, bump your neighbor and say, don't quit. Come on, bump your other neighbor and say, don't quit. Keep fighting. Keep persevering. Keep keeping on. They used to say in the church back in the day, they'd say, they, the mothers in the church would say to the, to the, to the, to the, the youngins, they'd say, you keeping on? They'd say, yes, man, I'm keeping on. You keep keeping on then, son. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, you, you keeping on? And then you say, yes. And they say, but you keep keeping on. Come on, say it. I Come on, keep keeping on. Come on, say it again. I'm going to keep keeping on. Doesn't matter what the enemy might throw my way. I will stand under the blood by the authority. I will fulfill my purpose. I will fulfill the plan. I will not stop. I will not shut up. I won't quit. I won't throw in the towel. I'm not going away. I'm here to stay. God's with me. Oh, so who can be against me? Ah! <laughs> yeah. Somebody ought to shout to God tonight. Persevere. Say it. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere. And Jesus brought him near, which I just love. He brought him near. It's interesting in another, in another text, you get a, kind of a different picture, but he cries out. Now there's a crowd of people. Now, if all of us were to begin to sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed. All right. If we're just going to sing some song from the early 90s, you were to sing some song. And then one person in the midst of us singing full volume, because you got to know the crowd with Jesus isn't all chilling. They don't have their hands folded and they're speaking, whispering Elizabethan English as they walked along. No, they're like, Jesus is the bomb. Yes, Jesus is. Jesus is the bomb. Hey, not Harry. They're not screaming Harry. They're like, Jesus is the bomb. My point is there's celebration. It's exciting. There's a lot going on. And yet there's this blind guy who's sitting Jesus. You know what? The point is, is that Jesus hears your heart's cry. No matter what the din and sound is, he can hear faith through anything. He hears you. Don't quit. You persevere. And he says, receive your, receive your sight. Moment of faith comes. Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, I'm blind. I want to receive my sight. I'm going to ask you, why would God say that? Because it's obvious that he's blind. The reason is some people don't really want to be healed. Some people don't really, that, you know, there, we've found many times that sickness, infirmity, disease, poverty, that people build a lifestyle around that. And, and the, the, the patterns of their family and relationships are so dysfunctional that if you remove that, then they would no longer get all the attention, no longer get all the checks, no longer get all the, come on, they wouldn't, they wouldn't get, they wouldn't get what they're getting by their dysfunction. And it's terrifying to say, if I was to no longer be blind, if I was no longer to be bound, if I was no longer to be the one that's the black sheep, and now I come out over here, then what's going to happen? Am, am I going to receive the attention? Am I going to get the love? Am I going to... People stay sick many times when they could be healed. They're broken. They're broken. It's their way of getting attention. How do you get people out of that? They've got to meet Jesus and they have to meet the real Jesus, not some religious propped up 
nonsensical doctrine, but a demonstration of power. And when you meet a demonstration of power, you realize that no man can really satisfy you, but Jesus, only Jesus, only Jesus. Come on, somebody say only Jesus. But he does put you with people and people are important. This walk with the Lord is not supposed to be led alone. You in the monastic movement, while it's saved and preserved the word of God, it's not for you to live in a house by yourself all alone. It's not good for a man to be alone. And all the men said, Amen. And all the women said, Amen. We're supposed to live life in, in family, in covenant. He said, well, people, I just don't like them. I know he could have thought that. They're trying to get him to shut up. He's about to have a miracle, and they're telling him, be quiet. Hey, be quiet. How about you be quiet? What do you want Jesus to do for you? He receives his sight. He instantly is healed, and he follows Jesus. Keys, please. Don't miss these Kairos moments, Kairos where time and, and destiny cross. Don't miss Kairos moments where God wants to take away your blindness, where God wants to heal you of your infirmity, your broken heart, your, your issue, he wants to heal you. And don't have a, a doctrine, a theology that God just knows where you're at so he can touch you if, if he wants to. It's not a biblical model. Oh, he's sovereign. He does do that. Thank God. I was surprised on Saturday night when the Lord touched me and I ended up in a cubby hole that I didn't know existed underneath the sound booth. I was surprised because honestly, I, I, in that particular service, I was working to try to do sound, which I'd never done a sound booth before. I'd never run sound before. I know that's crazy. I just had, I mean, a, a couple little pot sliders and stuff, but not like a whole board. They gave me the quick, that's intense. Yeah. Jeremy and crew, that's intense. That requires some concentration. Although I was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, not kill all these women right now with the sound. It's an important job. Thank you. That's for you, it ain't for me, that's for you. I was surprised and Jesus just touched me that I, I've cried out a lot over the years, so maybe it's a culmination of all of that crying out. I just know that when you begin to cry out and when you're desperate, listen to me, listen, if you haven't listened all night, listen right now. When your desperation and your hunger is sincere and you're willing to look like a fool in the face of your peers in order to be embraced in the arms of the master, you don't really care. You, when you're desperate and you're hungry, you don't care. I've been in a place where I thought I was going to die of thirst. I don't know if you have. I've been there. You're not really nice right about then. I've seen people that are on the edge of a perceived death. It's an ugly thing. It's ugly. It's not cute. They push to the front of the line and get in the front. They're rude. 
My daughter was in an accident a number of years ago, right over here, one of the most dangerous intersections in the whole valley, Peck Road and uh, what other little Fishhook and Peck right there in Lucille. Very dangerous road. She got in an accident. I was at a funeral in Palmer. It was 17 below zero. There was a horrible murder that had taken place it was about five, six years ago. And I was there at a vigil. And my daughter calls me on my phone and she says, Daddy, Daddy, I got an accident. And, and it's gone. She hangs up. I'm like, I mean, I'm gone. Candle's gone. Pushing people out of the way. Got in my truck. I did a neutral drop. I was easily 120, whatever. I don't know how fast a Cummins goes, but it goes fast. I am blazing to her location. And I found it on found my iPhone. Thank God for that. There's other great apps that you can stalk your kids with, like... Live 360, that's a good one. Amen. <laughs> I, am, I am by far breaking the speed limit, passing cars, blistering speed. I'm going to get to my girl and I'm going to save her. And as I'm doing that, the Lord says, stop doing what you're doing. I've got it. And I was like, okay, I hit the brakes. I backed off. I think there's a plan to actually kill me too. That's how motivated I was to embrace my girl and make, she was okay, make sure she was okay. So I pray in tongues and I drive the speed limit. It was just like utter torture. Does anybody know what I'm like? It's like, I'm driving the speed limit like, move out of, move, move, get out of the way. I was gonna sing that other song but it doesn't come out right, but like, Jesus help me. <laughs> I was able to obey the Lord. When I get there, I hear the story. As I roll onto the scene, my truck's totaled. Another car is totaled. There's smoke and fog and it's cold. I get out and there's, there's Pastor Barry. There's Minister Barry. My daughter was not in the cold for not but 30 seconds. She crashed. She got out of her car. And this is the story. She got out of her car. She took two steps and the knight in shining armor in my place, in my place, appeared out of the fog. He was at the, he was at the stop sign. And my daughter's like, Pastor Barry! And she fell into his arms, probably much worse than that. And he carried her and he put her in the car, got the insurance, helped all the problem, solved the whole thing. By the time I got there, he's like, it's all good, Pastor. She's fine. It's everything. Your truck, though, you know. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to do to get your miracle? Are you willing to cry out? Are you willing to fat? Don't, don't miss your moment. I said, don't miss your moment. You got to hear God's voice. Like I said, when you're hungry and you're desperate and you're thirsty, you'll be willing to look like a fool in the face of your peers in order to be embraced by the arms of the master. When God, God looks to you and asks you tonight, will you take your step? Will you do your part? 
We so many times want God just to do it for us. We want a preacher just to do it, just a life group leader. We want a life group leader in our life group to help us and be the one. When God wakes you up in the night and he gives you authority in his name and his blood and gives you authority to pray and to fast, but you don't, there's so many lazy Christians. I know not here, maybe online. Don't miss your moment. There is a move of the Spirit of God that's taking place in Alaska. There's a move of the Spirit of God that's taking place in our nation, and many will miss it, but many are getting on board. We learned something in our home. We, have, uh, we, we do these ongoing nutritional life changes. Um, we usually backslide during Christmas and Thanksgiving, and then, and then uh, all the weight we lost for the year, we, we put it back on, and then when Christmas is over, then we get back on it and we, and we, we go for it. And it's always like on Monday, we're gonna start on Monday. And we do, and we'll start on Monday. But I've found this, sometimes I've seen, I've seen family members start on Monday and I, I like hesitate to start and the train sort of pulls out of the depot and everybody's all in the zone going for it. And then there I am stuck. <laughs> and it's like, I missed a train. It's easier to do things together. It's easier to do things in covenant. Fasting is easier that way. Nutrition, training, walking with the Lord. Eating chocolate. Sugar-free. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you, don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment tonight. Don't miss your moment in life. You can miss it. I said, you can miss it. Don't miss your moment. Jesus is passing this way. He's here right now. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.